1: Learn more at marines dot com.
0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harkin, senior editor of dot com, with you for a very somber post game show. It's Friday. It's not Monday. It's not a victory. Monday, or it's this is weird. This is the second time I've done winners and losers in the same week. This is odd. I don't like it. I also didn't like the Pittsburgh Steelers' performance as they lose 36 to 28 against the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football in Minneapolis. And it was a game that, let's say, you went to bed early. First, I'm jealous. Second, when you woke up this morning, you're probably thinking, what in the heck happened? It kind of was like the L.A. Chargers game all over again. You fall into a deep hole. The Steelers were trailing, I believe, twenty-three to nothing at one time, and they come storming back. A couple inter- a couple interceptions. They get some big plays, some idiotic plays in there, and there's a lot to digest here with this game. We are going to do winners and losers in the second half, like we always do after a game, and is this one just? Boy, does it leave a bad taste in your mouth for a lot of reasons. Before we get into all that, I want to make sure I mention BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, as well as wherever you get your podcasts, Is we are going to break these games down for you. Not just this game, every single game. For the rest of the regular season, if they make the playoffs, we'll be doing it there as well. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or behind the steel curtain. subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. Okay, so... This game was crazy. It was crazy in a lot of ways. It was crazy bad in regards of they allowed Dalvin Cook to rush for over two hundred yards. Uh, it was bad as in the first half they couldn't they couldn't cover Justin Jefferson to save their lives. It was bad that the offense couldn't score a point uh, in the first half. It was bad that they missed field goals. I mean, I, I could continue throughout the whole game though. Everyone on Twitter, I'm very thankful. I said this on Twitter last night during the game. I said, I'm very thankful for all my Twitter followers that are keeping me company as I have to watch this mess. Um, And it, it, it honestly, people were asking me as the Steelers were coming back. You know, they score a touchdown, Najee Harris reception. Okay, that's great, whatever. And then they score another one. Okay, whatever score another one. All right, now we're getting closer. And throughout that, everyone is asking me, Jeff, like, well, what are we thinking? Like, Are they coming back? And I wanted to get excited. I did. But I have literally become numb to this football team at this point. Literally numb. Uh, it was to the point where during the football game, the Steelers had come all the way back. We all know how it finished. If you didn't see it, check the highlights. They come back. They have a one play essentially to goal. <laughs> it's essentially they couldn't they had no timeouts. And it passed to Pat Fryermuth was right on the money by Ben and he just can't hold on. And I literally was just sitting there. My wife was sitting next to me and she goes, Wow, you're kinda calm. And I said, I'm literally completely numb from this football team. And she said, What do you mean? Like numb? And I said, I, I have no feeling right now. I I bad good and different i said this on twitter it was so bad in the first half that i said at what point does this become like a joke at what point do we start laughing it's that bad at what point is that there were times during that game where i was literally sitting there thinking to myself this is so bad it's almost funny it's so bad it is almost laughable and so when they started to come back i'm just like they're here they here we go again here we go again you know, it, it's it's another LA Chargers game. The first half it looked like a repeat of Week Twelve when they got completely embarrassed by the Cincinnati Bengals, and they come storming back. But you know what? It's like it's one of those things where the, the age old saying: "Fool me once, shame on you. Yet yeah, that's right. And then fool me twice, shame on me." And so I, I sat there and just watched the game, and I finished the recap article, and I started to do work right away. I, I literally have become numb. This team. Good luck trying to figure it out. If you're listening to any other podcast, whether it's on our channel or whether it's on another platform, and someone says, I've got this team figured out, let me know who it is because they're liars. No one knows what's going on with this team, and that includes the coaching staff, and that is an issue in and of itself. We'll get to that in Winners and Losers. But this football team is beyond frustrating. This football team is beyond any I'm trying to think of a word that would best describe this team and frustrating is is a really good one but I feel like there's a better one out there that we're just not I just can't think of it it's early in the morning on Friday and I'm just trying to get this my thoughts together I have so much stuff going on in my head I'm just trying to figure out what the issues the main issues are with this team it it, there's so many there's so many I've had people on Twitter say Jeff it's all injuries it's all injuries the loss of two at not having to it available, the loss of Aluoglu, that hurts. You know, in this game, they lose T.J. Watt with a groin shocker, another groin injury, not only to T.J. Watt, but to that defense and team in general that had so many groin injuries. And then also you're looking at uh, Alex Highsmith leaves, which is labeled, which is, by the way, how weird is this? It's labeled as a knee injury by the Steelers and their PR department. And then after the game, Mike Tomlin calls it a quad. So I I know a good bit about anatomy and physiology uh, through my own studies. And yes, there can be similar injuries, but it's very curious that, that, okay, so maybe it's not a knee injury, it's a quad. That's, that could be a good thing. But nonetheless, still, you lose both your pass pressures. I get it. The injuries are an issue with this team. But at what point do you look at a team like the Ravens? Now we know that the Ravens have been, have, have, have they've had a golden horseshoe, jammed up their you know what for most of the season as they win these games in the most in the craziest ways and their luck might be running out but I'll tell you what else they're doing they're being extremely competitive with a ton of injuries I think they're on maybe their sixth or seventh running back it seems like their offensive line has been decimated and they still find ways to win they don't sit there and say, well, you know, the injuries, that's why. Now, fans will use it as an excuse. That's what fans do. They'll point to the injuries and say, this is why we're losing. But ultimately, that's not the reason. That's not the reason. I mean, the Steelers, they're inexperienced. You can go back to the salary cap. It's all excuses. It's all excuses. This 6-6-1 six, and six team is nothing but a bunch of excuses every week. You have to explain why they win. You have to try and talk yourself out of why they lost, why there might be hope. This team is nothing but a giant ball of excuses. And honestly, you get sick of it. You get sick and tired of the constant excuse making. You heard it. I, I listened to every single post game conversation. Uh, press conference that the, the Steelers had for their players. I wasn't on the postgame shows. I was getting ready for this show. So I listened to Mike Tomlin, and he didn't provide excuses. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, but the players, you know, they're talking their way around this, that, and the other, and they did this, and they did that. Very few took ownership. Very few took ownership, and it's just really frustrating. Like I said, I am completely numb to this football team at this point. And it's a shame because we were all on cloud nine. We were all on cloud nine. I said this after the first half, uh, my first half thoughts on the Steelers. You can check me out on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I I always do a Steelers first half thoughts, and I just kind of throw out some bullet points. And this week's was This Team Stinks, and I... It sucks that I don't even feel good about the Ravens' win anymore. I hate that the NFL uh, didn't even give us a, a week to enjoy that win, and this team stinks at football, and I hate football at that time. So I guess to me, and a lot of fans might sit there, and they see that the the comeback at the end, and they might think, Okay, this is something to build on. Didn't we already do this? I feel like we already did this in Week Eleven against the LA Chargers, where it was okay. I get this we can kind of come back from this. We can kind of get going again. We can kind of we can build off of this. They haven't built off of anything this year. The only time they move the ball with any semblance of ease is when the defense that they're playing against. And Najee Harris said this in his post-game press conference. They said, well, what happened? He said, they changed their defense. They, they went to cover two. We had even boxes. We were running the ball. He said that they were backing off. They weren't pressuring the box. That's why they had success. Gosh, this team is frustrating. This team is frustrating. This coaching staff is frustrating. Everything about this team right now is frustrating. And Every fan that's listening to this podcast, you have every right to be frustrated as well. You have every right to sit there and think, this just isn't good enough. The product on the field isn't good enough. The coaching isn't good enough. None of it is good enough. And so now, we as fans are forced to look ahead. And Dave Schofield loves to say, well, the only concern you have is the next game. Well, look, we're fans. We can look ahead. And what you see is that they just missed the Steelers a golden opportunity. They missed a golden opportunity and I know it's tough the going on the road short week after a divisional game it's a tough it's a tough ask but if they could have found a way to win that game and let's be honest if they don't seriously just spot the Vikings 23 points they might have a chance to win that game. But they spotted them 23 points. And so now you're looking at a situation where the the, the the margin for error for the Steelers, now down the stretch, is razor thin. Razor freaking thin. If They're going to get into the postseason, which I still think they can. They're going to need to not only win, I would say, all but one of their games. That would give them two losses down the stretch, which I thought was maybe a stretch to get in. They're also going to need some people to to beat each other up. They're going to need a team, at, you know. Like at this point, who in the heck do you root for in Browns and Ravens this weekend? It's it's awful. The Steelers are finding themselves they're they're finding themselves in a position where they're looking at scoreboards, they're looking at for help, and that's a very helpless feeling. You know what? There is a lot to dissect about this game. And I can talk in circles about how frustrated we all are as fans, and I feel like the best way to do this is actually to get to the winners and losers column. I thought about it long and hard. I did not do this willy-nilly. This was not a, I just want to get this article done. I actually spent some time thinking about these numbers and thinking about these players and the different parts of the team and thinking, okay, who actually deserves to be a winner and who actually deserves to be on the losers list? I started off with just one winner. And then the more I thought about it, it expanded to four. And then I had, well, I could have had 53 losers, but I whittled it down to nine. So I have four winners and nine losers to discuss with you here in the second half of this podcast. And I, I encourage all of you that if you ever want to be a part of the discussion, if you, this article is, well, this podcast stemmed from an article that I've been writing for years, which is the winners and losers column. And that runs every day after the game at 10 a.m. And so if you ever want to be a part of this, you just go there. You can create an account at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's completely free. All you have to do is if you've never had an account, go to any article, scroll down to the bottom. It'll give you an opportunity to sign up. You fill out the information. Again, free. And be a, become a part of the community. And you can comment on the article and say, Jeff's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Or you could say, love this, love the podcast, agree 100%. It really is up to you. But we're going to talk about those winners and losers right after this break. Stay tuned. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment. It is time to go through the winners and losers. That's what we always do the day after the game. Four winners, nine losers. We are going to talk about all of these, and hopefully, it kind of is a little cathartic for all of us, and it's therapeutic, as it is often for me. The the one winner I talked about this in the first segment before we went to break. The one winner that I had that I was always going to have there because at one point was the only bright spot was Najee Harris. Listen to the stat line for Najee Harris. 20 carries, 94 yards, 4.7 average, one touchdown rushing. He had three catches on three targets for 10 yards, one touchdown receiving. So he ends up with two touchdowns over 100 yards total. And the one thing that I noticed about this young man that I already knew, but was one of the main reasons why I had him on the winner's list really early was the fact that there is not one ounce of quit in Najee Harris. Not one ounce. That young man came to play. He was running his tail off when this team was even trailing by 23 plus points. If you think back to that week three loss to Cincinnati when Tyler Boyd famously said the Steelers quit, they, if they were quitting this game, in week 14, it, it wasn't with Najee Harris. Not at all. You know, I said it was fitting that he got the first touchdown, but I really felt that he was the spark that kind of ignited, ignited this turnaround, this comeback. So there, there's a lot to complain about when it comes to this Steelers team, but in my opinion, Najee Harris is not one of them. So as I continued to think, the next winner that I had kind of come up was Ben Roethlisberger, Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, BTR. His stat line reads 28 of 40, 308 yards, a 7.7 average, three touchdowns. He did have one interception, had five sacks for 39 yards of lost yardage with a 107.1 rating. And so the more I thought about Ben's game, the more I thought that he probably should deserve to be on the winner's list. You look, Roethlisberger was harassed almost the entire first half but once the offensive line settled down, in the second half, well, Roethlisberger started to do some work. He started to get to work. And there are some who have questioned, I think, whether Roethlisberger can still make all the throws, and, and can he still do this, and does he have the arm talent And because he gets rid of the ball quickly, and he doesn't throw the ball downfield as much anymore. I think he answered a lot of those questions on Thursday night. Is his arm what it used to be? No. But he's also 39 years old. I don't think Roethlisberger killed the team versus the Vikings. And he did help them climb out of their hole. So Ben Roethlisberger, and I mentioned Najee Harris, you know, not quitting. Ben Roethlisberger did neither. And he was fired up and he was trying to rally the troops. So his performance, in my opinion, puts him on the winner's list. All right, next winner is Akello Witherspoon. He ends up with four tackles, four solo, three pass defenses, and two interceptions. So the Steelers' secondary, they came out of the game, they look like absolute garbage. But I'll tell you what, Akella Witherspoon, well, he's found himself a place in this secondary. Now, I've talked about his inconsistencies a lot on this show, but if and when Joe Hayden returns to the lineup, the Steelers are going to have to figure out what they, whether they want to keep Witherspoon in the lineup opposite Hayden or move Cam Sutton back inside. That's something that they're going to have to seriously think about. You know, what do they want to do with their cornerback situation? I'm not sure, honestly, how you would take Witherspoon out of the lineup after he had a great pass defense against Baltimore, was noticeable on the field, and then in this game has two interceptions. How you would take this guy out of the starting lineup, I'm not I'm not sure. The last winner is not an individual. It's not a position group. It is a never-quit attitude. You can say what you want about this team, but you can't say that this team folded. That's the stat line. You know, I I think that at this point, there's a lot of people that bash the Steelers for a lot of reasons, and many of them are definitely valid. But in this game, there was no quit in the team. I I think it started with Najee Harris. I think he was the one that they just saw him continuing to run hard, working working his hardest, just killing himself out there. But this team didn't quit in week 14. And trailing by that many points, it would be easy to just say, you know what, guys, hey, fold it up, fold it up. Hey, We'll see you in week 15. They didn't. They didn't, and to me, there's credit due to the Steelers for that simple feat. So there you have the winners. I'll read them for you again. There's four. Najee Harris, Ben Roethlisberger, Akella Witherspoon, and that never-quit attitude that the Steelers have displayed on more than one occasion. All right, let's head on over to the losers list. This isn't the fun stuff. Uh, But, hey, some of you might think that me being critical is fun. I don't know. Suit yourself. So the offensive line is my first loser. They surrendered five sacks of Ben Roethlisberger, and they allowed seven quarterback hits. Now, Ben Roethlisberger was hit early and often on Thursday night. And the offensive line didn't do him any favors at all. There were a couple occasions where Roethlisberger held onto the ball too long. There was at least one. They only rushed four, and Ben's holding onto the ball, holding onto the ball, and I'm thinking, okay, get out of the pocket and throw it away. He didn't. He held onto the ball sack. That's on Ben. That's also on the coverage of the defense, by the way. But there were plenty of times where you saw free rushers coming in, and they were unabated to the quarterback. Um, Harrison Smith, I believe, the safety, had a huge hit on Ben. Uh, several others had a a free run at him, it's just, it was not the best outing for a very young and inexperienced offensive line, and if this team wants to do anything, anything at all, the offensive line is going to have to play a heck of a lot better from left to right, Um, I do think it's worth pointing out that I thought that John LeGlue didn't do poorly in his second start, Um, I think he's just going to continue to get better once he gets more comfortable, but we shall see, we shall see. The next is the rush defense. I brought up a glue, you know, that the offensive line, everyone was kind of excited about this young guy. And you think about the rush defense, you think about Montravius Adams, who had a good showing for the first time in Baltimore, and maybe this is the guy that's going to help stop the run. The rush defense, just listen to Dalvin Cook's line. His stat line, he has 27 carries for 205 yards, a 7.6 average. He had two touchdowns with a 30-yard long. The Minnesota Vikings, as a team, as a team, rushed for 242 yards on 36 carries. They averaged 6.7 yards per carry. Those numbers are staggering. I mean staggering. And this is what the Steelers' defense has been. This is what it's been. I honestly... I can't think or remember a Steelers run defense being this bad. There's nothing else I can say that hasn't been said already. It's kind of one of those, hey, stop me if you've heard this before. The Steelers rush defense was so bad and someone says stop. Yeah, you've all heard it before. Okay, let's go to the next loser. This is a big one for me. Chase Claypool. Now his stat line, eight receptions, 93 yards on nine targets. He led the Steelers in catches. But he also, on the stat line, I included moronic and boneheaded plays. So like I said, on paper, Claypool had himself a night. But on the field, he had himself another type of night. I mean, think about the personal foul penalty. It's just so idiotic. It's so idiotic. And you want to sit there and say, when is this kid, because he is a kid, when's he going to learn? At what point, what's it going to take for him to understand that there is something bigger than him It's not just about you and the defender that was on you. It's about the team. He just can't get that through his head. But if that wasn't enough, he did whiff on a block on a third and short, stopped the drive, and then it's just like a bad infomercial. But wait, there's more. Chase Claypool catches a fourth and one conversion, probably gets six or seven yards. Great play. Gets up. The clock is running. End of the game. Need to get on the ball. What does he do? He basically points first down on a knee, and he's taking time. So now Trey Turner, a veteran, comes running over because he sees Claypool on one knee, giving the first down sign, and he's yelling probably, get the ball back to the center of the field. What are you doing? So he's trying to get the ball. Somehow a Vikings player and an official are kind of in that scrum as well. The ball gets knocked away. It's rolling away. The Steelers lost probably five seconds on that exchange. And you might think, well, five seconds doesn't matter. It sure as heck does when the final play of the game had three seconds remaining on the clock, and it was not fourth down. They could have had another play. Could have had another play. It's just it's it's a shame because I think Claypool didn't just play well this game. He's He's had a good season. Uh, regarding the fact that he's not going to come in and shock anyone like he did last year. and But he just cannot get these idiotic, boneheaded decisions out of his way. And Think about the fact that he's been fined at least two times this season already for personal foul penalties, and he might get another one. This is absurd. Mike Tomlin benched him. He said... That or he was asked about the benching. He said, you know, I just wanted to make sure his head was in the right spot. Uh, Claypool met with the media briefly after the game, said he needs to be better. He said all the right stuff. But ultimately, he's got to be better in terms of the not catching the ball product. When it comes to catching passes, running after the catch, he's fine. It's literally when he comes down to you have to control your emotions, and he just can't do it. Chase Claypool deserves to be on the losers list, even though he led the stupid team in, in in yards. All right, let's keep with this theme here. The next loser is celebrations. The stat line is the interception celebration down twenty nine. It could, it might have been twenty six. I, I don't know. I'll have to double check. But still, so Akella Witherspoon gets his first interception. It was a nice pick. I just think it's a bad look when you get the whole defense running down the end zone and they're sliding and they're doing their little camera thing. And hey, look at me. I got an interception. Your team is getting their doors blown off right now. What are you doing? Just stop. And this is not just, this tells me this isn't just a Claypool thing. This is a team thing. These guys, because I don't know why, they feel like they can just, it's all about them. And maybe that's a generational thing, but you don't see this happening with every team. And it just was a bad look. It was a bad look for the coaches. It was a bad look for the players, the organization. I mean, I wasn't the only person when I said on Twitter, hey, guys, let's act like you understand the situation and that you've been here before. That's one where you, hey, good interception. Thank you. High five. I'm going to the sideline. They don't get it. They just don't get it. Okay, next losers. Anyone guarding Justin Jefferson? Now, Jefferson in the second half didn't do too well, but in the first half, he had seven catches for 79 yards and a touchdown. It looked as if he could just have his way with the Steelers secondary. I mean, in the first half, he felt like he was wearing a billboard that just said, I'm open. And no one on the Steelers defense noticed. No one. I mean, I don't I don't understand. Dave Schofield was the one that said, hey, 60% is what they basically get or around there. That's what he thinks. That 60% is how much time or or the percentage of the um, overall game plan they're able to install. Well, if that's the case, if it is 60%, that 40% they didn't install must have been guarding Justin Jefferson because they did a poor job of it. The next loser is Mike Tomlin everyone deserves blame. That's the stat line. Look, Mike Tomlin, I'm not someone that blames coaches a lot. If you listen to my podcast, and Mike Tomlin said this in his post-game press conference, he said, I didn't see any coaches not able to get off blocks. I didn't see any coaches whiffing on tackles. So he understands that. But at some point, people want to blame someone, rightfully so. And the head coach is one of those people who deserves some blame. Look, when you become a head coach of anything, I've always said, like, high school up, you understand that you will be heavily criticized if your team doesn't play up to par. The Steelers are not playing up to par, and Tomlin shouldn't be immune to the criticism going around. That does not mean that I think that Mike Tomlin should be fired. That does mean that I think they can all be better. They can all be better from the players on up to the coaches. Next loser is, and this is a tough one, first time on the list, Presley Harvin the third. big press. He had six punts, a 43-yard average, only had one inside the 20. Look, I'm a big press fan. We know this. But I think it's time that we – I'm going to retire that name for at least a little bit. Presley Harvin, PH3 maybe. But Presley, is, in, is, is he's as in, inconsistent as Jordan Berry and Dustin Colquitt were before him and the Steelers just signed a punter to the practice squad, in case you didn't notice. We have that article on com. Presley Harvin III might want to start worrying about his staying power with the team that drafted in the seventh round, because ultimately, yeah, they spent a draft pick, but you're still just a seventh-round pick. You're expendable. So Presley Harvin better get his act together, or else not only are the fans going to kind of like turn on him, but also the coaches are going to say, we can probably find this elsewhere. Okay, the, the next loser, we have two left, the entire coaching staff. And the stat line is this, it's just not good enough. Look, the coaching issues go well beyond just Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's the guy that stands up in front of the media and says, hey, it's all on me. I'm the one that has the last say. And that's very, that's very kind of him to say that because a lot of coaches don't believe that. But still, this goes down to Matt Canada, Keith Butler, and the assistants. It just isn't good enough. And it hasn't been good enough for some time. Uh, When you see uh, other teams taking backups and winning games, like I mentioned with the Ravens, it makes you realize where these deficiencies might lie within the organization and it might just lie within the coaching staff. Sometimes change is necessary. I'm not sure if that is right now, but ultimately we might see some change if these trends continue. Last loser is third down offense. I always look at this because converting third downs is huge for me. Four for 13. Four for 13. Now, they were two for two on fourth down, but third down offense was bad. Another Steelers offense that fails to be over 500 on third downs offensively. Their third down conversion rate just plain stinks. So, let's go through those losers one more time. The offensive line, the rush defense, Chase Claypool, the celebrations, anyone guarding Justin Jefferson, Mike Tomlin himself, Presley Harvin third, the entire coaching staff, and the third down offense huh <sighs> this isn't fun, folks. It's not fun. so what I recommend you do if I'm going to give you a bit of advice here, I'm going to tell you to take Saturday and just get away from football and take Sunday unless you really want to and get away from football. That does not mean don't listen to our podcast that that's totally different but the NFL like just sometimes we all need a we all need a break. We all need a break, and so take a little break. This team is so frustrating and mentally taxing that sometimes we just need a break, and then come back on Monday, raring to go, realizing that the season is not over. There's a lot of very meaningful games remaining, none larger than the Tennessee Titans at Heinz Field in Week 15, so I'm going to be back on Monday, and I'm going to talk about really whatever I want because the winners and losers is today on Friday and not on Monday. So I'm going to have a kind of a free for all on Monday. So I hope you come back and check it out. Let's ride podcast on Monday. It's your every Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. I do appreciate all of my let's ride my ride or die crew, as I call you, uh, all the listeners of let's ride is what I meant to say. So Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or behind the steel curtain. Subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. That does it for me. I'm exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally. I am numb to this football team, at least for the foreseeable future. So that stinks, but it is what it is. These, this, they've been lousy. They've been absolutely lousy. So try to enjoy your weekend. Get away from football. Come back rejuvenated on Monday. And you know how we finish out here no matter what. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll see you on Monday. Good to see you.
1: It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash.